Science Branch Broadcast, a one-hour prophecy program on the American Voice Radio Network, featuring Pastor Dan of the Messiah's Branch Ministry. And now, here's Pastor Dan. And welcome to the Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour. We're broadcasting live from the Flint Hills of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date's March 2nd, and turmoil, most still don't realize it, but we are in that time of the end, and that's the time before Messiah's glorious return. So it's time to get out of sin, the world, and look to the holy city. Look to the one who suffered and died for you. Did you not hear the sound of the shofar? You need to heed the warning and get right now before it's too late. Please make the choice for Yeshua tonight. If you need help after the program, call me. I pray for you or with you. If you get the machine, leave your name, number, prayer request, and or message. The phone number, of course, 620-878-4682. In an emergency, my cell phone number, which texts me first because of the robocalls, 316-619-4886. Now, you can always find updates for the breaking news all about the Wichita Mission Church contact information at our ministry hub, which is very simply com. Remember, we are a national satellite radio program, which is program which is simulcast live on net internationally. It's on some independent FM stations. Four different MPE3 streams, Twitch, Rumble, PhoneBridge, picked up by every podcaster out there. Okay, on another note, let's thank our listener base. That's in places like Pergua, or Pergea, I don't know, Italy, Kabutru, Australia. I got some funny names tonight, right, folks? Kingston, Canada, and in the United States, such as Denton, Texas, Newark, New Jersey, Louisville, Kentucky, and Hutchinson, Kansas. Last week was the largest group of our listeners to our programs when they turn into a podcast like they do later tonight. Okay, uh, dear Heavenly Father, and Yeshua Hamashiach's name I pray. Father, I really, really pray radio tonight goes according to your will, not our will, Father. Please give everyone ears in which to hear and understand the truth. So, Father Yahweh and your son, Yeshua Hamashiach's mighty name, bless this program tonight. Amen and amen. Well, it, we got Michael Snyder, of course, back on with us tonight. He's got that uh, a blog, or several blogs, called the Economic Collapse Blog, The Most Important Thing and the End of the American Dream. He's also author of the books of The Beginning of the End, The Rapture Verdict, Get Prepared Now, and Living a Life That Really Matters. Also, Lost Prophecies of the Future of America, The Seven-Year Apocalypse, and The End Times. The End Times is his newest book. He's become very popular on other prophecy-related radio programs and some TV programs also. Tonight, let's check in with him and see what he thinks the most important news is. Welcome, Michael. Are you with me? I'm here, Pastor Dan. How are you doing, my friend? Pretty good, and you're sounding great. I'm doing better than I was yesterday. I I had everything Google taken away from me um, because they decided that I did something wrong, and I appealed it, and it came back today, but they didn't say what it was I supposedly did. But anyway, I got all that stuff back, but I'm in the process of trying to figure out how to get rid of everything Google, so to speak. Anyway, uh, a lot going on out there. So how are you personally doing? I'm doing good, but it's greatly disturbing to hear that you were hit with a censorship. I mean, it's gotten so extreme, Pastor Dan. You know, someone such as myself, which is, you know, writing articles every day, except Sabbath, of course, but, you know, I'm writing articles constantly. I always have to have in my mind the censorship. What will the censors allow, you know, so that I don't have, you know, and it's not just online. If people are having their bank accounts taken away, their PayPal taken away, you know, their, you know, It's gotten so extreme, so always in the back of my mind, whenever I'm working, I'm like, okay, what what can I get past the censors? Um, And it really has such a chilling effect on free speech, a chilling effect on on 
preaching the gospel and telling the truth. And so it's, it's, it's a very difficult environment. I hope people out there understand this because we're so thankful for the Internet because it allows us to touch people all over the world. Like you just mentioned, people on the other side of the planet that are tuning into the show. And we're so thankful for you if you're tuning in from the other side of the world to listen to the show tonight. We're going to talk about some incredible things. But it's becoming more difficult just because of all the censorship. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and let me comment, and that's something I have noticed about your articles, and even you know the the in your speech is what the censors can get by. You, I think you do an excellent job. You must be, otherwise you would have already been censored. But you do an excellent job of writing the articles and still getting the point across. And you know, yeah, it's 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 just really hard. But you do an excellent job with it. And you right now you've got three blogs going, and and uh, you're doing a great job. I really, really do. Folks, you should go over there and say, Mitch, tell them what the blogs are right now so somebody can look. Yeah, people can find my work at uh, com, which focuses on economics and money issues. Also got endoftheamericandream.com. But if people want to find all my articles in a single place that I put out every day, you can just go to themostimportantnews.com or you just type it into Google, type the most important news into Google, and it's the first result that comes up miraculously. Um, but uh, you, people can find the articles there every day, the cutting-edge end times information uh, that you need to know about. And I hope people will support uh, w- what I'm trying to do, support my work, because, as I said, it's getting more difficult for people like you, me and you, Pastor Dan. So we need people to help us, to support us, to come alongside of us, to share the articles, because uh, social media Facebook and Twitter, uh, you know, they both basically shadow banned me. So when I share something, it gets very little reach these days because they both shadow banned me. So, you know, I've been affected by the censorship too, but we're still, we're, we're doing our best to get the, the word out, the, the information out. And, and thankfully, my articles are also republished on Zero Hedge, on countless other websites all over the world where the impact of, of the articles is multiplied to people literally all over the planet. And, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to reach as many people all over the world as we can with the truth while we still can. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, while the, the articles, you know, they do a great job, you know, getting the, the same time information out. Um, today I'd like to kind of start the program off with your latest book, The End Times. Um, you know, people talk about the two witnesses. I think you did a really good job in the book, The End Times talking about them. Would you care to share a little bit of that with the people? Yeah, the the, the two witnesses is one of the end times signs uh, that we're watching for. And that's one of the most important things. And, and hopefully it will be one of the most obvious, um, you know, as we move forward. But now there's a debate about the timing, and, and I'll talk about that. But uh, it, it, it ultimately... Uh, we can't be too dogmatic about it because there's just, uh, you know, one place in the Bible where they're discussed. It's in Revelation chapter 11. And the, the total description of their ministry only lasts for 14 verses. So we can't be too dogmatic about it. We've, we've only got a limited portion of Scripture to talk about. But theoretically, eventually, when they appear, you know, they're, they're gonna, we know they're going to die in the city of Jerusalem. There's gonna be two witnesses, so there's been two of them there. And so it should be a pretty clear sign, uh, that when, when two witnesses, they, uh, you know, uh, 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 we're assuming it's gonna be two men, but two witnesses appear in Jerusalem, start doing all kinds of, uh, of crazy miracles. We should be able to spot it and say, hey, look, this is being fulfilled right in, in front of our eyes. Um, but we're told, now, you know, a lot of times people make assumptions about these two witnesses, uh, but there's some things we know for sure, some things we don't know for sure. For example, in Revelation chapter 11, we're told that their ministry will end in Jerusalem because that's where they, they, they die. That's where the beast it comes out of the abyss, and, and that's where they're killed. But we don't know for sure that's where their ministry will begin. Now, I'm assuming that when the two witnesses make their public appearance, it will be in Jerusalem. But we don't know that for sure. We know at the end that's where they'll be, but we don't know for sure because it doesn't tell us that for sure they'll be in Jerusalem or they'll be in Jerusalem the whole time. We don't know that for sure, but we know that's where the end for them is. Um, We also don't know for sure. You know, we've always kind of pictured in our minds that they'll begin their ministry together and they'll be together the whole time all the way up to the end. 
But we don't know that for sure. One could conceivably start his or her ministry, uh, you know, on one side of the world. Meanwhile, there could be another witness on the other side of the world that's starting uh, his or her ministry, and they don't even, they aren't even aware of one another. You know, we don't know that from the scripture, but we know at the end they'll be together because they died together in the city of Jerusalem. So, you know, a lot of times people make assumptions based on the scripture, but but we don't know that for sure. Now, we're also told that their the length of their ministry is 1,260 days, okay, which is roughly three and a half years, according to our calendar. Um, so people make assumptions, well, that's either got to be the first half of the tribulation or it's got to be the second half of the tribulation. And I, I agree, it's probably one or the other, although the scriptures don't tell us that for sure. It could conceivably overlap both halves of the tribulation. We're not told this, uh, you know, specifically when the beginning ministry ends and specifically when it ends. We're told what happens when it ends. They're killed by the beast. And then three and a half later, they're, they're resurrected and they're, they're caught up into heaven. But we don't know specifically when their ministry begins and when it ends. Now, I had always thought that it would begin at the beginning of the tribulation period and then it would end when the, the, anti, the beast, the Antichrist, uh, you know, comes and uh, then kills them. Um, and, and, you know, I always thought that would happen at the, uh, at the middle of the tribulation. Um, but there's a lot of debate. A lot of people think it's the, uh, the the second half of the tribulation, and we have to, since we're not specifically told, we have to allow for the possibility that it could be either one. Um, right. So, you know, to me, you know, I always thought, well, it must be the first half, because, you know, in the second half of the two witnesses are doing their thing while the beast is making war against the saints. Well, why would, if the Antichrist has power to kill them, why would he wait all the way to the end of the three-and-a-half-year period to do right. so? You know, why Why wouldn't he kill them right at the beginning of the three-and-a-half-year period, you know, right after the beast arises out of the abyss, and then he makes war with the saints, and we're told it's for three-and-a-half years. And what, why does it, okay, he's making war against the saints. If he can kill the two witnesses, why doesn't he do it right away? You know, so I thought, oh, it must be the first half. But, you know, there's reason to believe that uh, it may be the uh, second half. For example, we're told that when two witnesses are killed, that, uh, you know, people uh, give gifts to one another. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to me, you know, right at the, you know, if, if this happens right at the middle of the tribulation period, well, it's going to be right after there's been nuclear war, right after an asteroid is struck our planet, causing you know, a massive tsunami, and there's famine and pestilences. Uh, you know, during the first three and a half years, so much is going to happen, and it's going to be the worst time in all of human history. You know, and then the Antichrist kills the two witnesses. Will people even be in the mood at that point to give <laughs> give gifts? You know, you know, that's something that strikes me as a little odd. While in the second half of the tribulation, things will ha- actually have gotten better for those that follow the Antichrist. Now, for believers, those are, that are following Yeshua, it's going to be a horrible time because the Antichrist and his forces are going to be making war on the saints and overcoming them is what the book of Revelation says. There's going to be mar- mass martyrdom. And, you know, people are be- going to be taken off the camps, executed, having their heads cut off, the whole thing, the things you've seen in the movies. That's going to be happening this whole second half of the tribulation. But for most of the general population, if they take the mark of the beast and they follow the Antichrist, the second half of the tribulation will actually be better than the first half was for those that follow Antichrist up until the end when everything kind of falls apart there for them. Um, but uh, so at that point, three and a half years, you know, we're toward the end of the tribulation. Antichrist kills the two witnesses who've been kind of been a, a thorn in their side. Well, it kind of makes sense that now they're exchanging gifts. They're really happy. These two witnesses are gone. The beast has killed them. So there's debate both ways, Pastor Dan. So this is one of the things. There's some things about Bible prophecy that we can be really adamant about, that we can say, yes, this is the way it's going to be. As far as the two witnesses, there's certain things we know, and then there's certain things that we don't know for sure that I believe will become clearer to us the closer we get to the actual events. Um, But there's one thing we know. We know the two witnesses are killed by the Antichrist, they lay in the streets of Jerusalem for three and a half days. People are giving gifts to one another. But then they're resurrected and they rise to their feet. And the, and the world goes, whoa, what's going on here? And then they're caught up to heaven. And so I, I, it was always a mystery to me, Pastor Dan, why three and a half days? You know, 
you know, Jesus rose after three days, so, you know, that would make sense. You know, three days later, they rise again, but it's not three and a half, right? And so I always thought, why is that, you know, the case? Well, ultimately, what I discuss in my book is I believe the three and a half days are prophetic, and they're prophetic for a three and a half year period. Now, if the, the two witnesses are killed halfway through the tribulation, I believe it's prophetic of their three and a half years to go. It, you know, that, that that's what's being prophetic. And, you know, so, uh, you know, the witnesses are resurrected after three and a half days, and then that's prophetic of three and a half years from that point. Then all believers are resurrected, raptured. Uh, the resurrection happens at the, at the end of the tribulation period. Um, so... That would make sense if their ministry is in the first half of the tribulation. Now, if it's in the second half of the tribulation, I believe the three and a half years is still prophetic of the of the three and a half years that they've they've just been through. Um, so either way, I believe the three and a half years re- re- refers to the, uh, the three and a half years of the tribulation period. But I, there's so much that's a mystery, so much uh, that is uh, you know that 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 yeah. we don't know. There's some things we do know, but I, you know I do find it fascinating and. And the three witnesses is an end time sign that we will be watching for as we get into these end times, into these last days. I believe it's our time. I believe it's our generation, Pastor Dan. But before the program ends and later on today, there's another uh, end time sign that really no one is is really watching for. Even advanced students of Bible prophecy, the most prominent Bible prophecy teachers in the world, they're not even watching for it, but it's literally one of the most important signs I believe to be watching for of the end times, and it could happen soon. Well, uh, and, and I can't wait to hear that. Understand, and, and we can do that later in the show if you'd like. Uh, I would like um, just a couple of comments on the two witnesses, though, is, is one, I, I am like you that I have always believed, you know, it was in the first three and a half years. But for some reason, I never really thought much about the three and a half until you pointed it out, you know, because I, I just would hit with the three, and I go, okay, well, but that really makes sense. Nobody, I don't know, hear anybody else defining that, not in that way, shape, or form in any way. But the other thing that really fascinated uh, me is that you brought up the subject, well, you don't know that these witnesses will even know each other, or what, you know what I'm saying, where they'll start at. But let me tell you this, folks, it goes like this. This is a reason that we know that we'll be able to know this sign. Because in Revelation 11:6 it says, These have the power to shut up heaven, and that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over the waters to turn them to blood, and smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. So we're going to really recognize these guys, aren't we, Michael? They're not going to be some hidden characters. We're going to really recognize them. Back to you. Yeah, once they get uh, going and once they're smiting the earth with plagues as often as they want it, says there, uh, you know, that's going to be really obvious. So this is going to be one of the things, ultimately, when it happens, no one's going to debate over it. It's going to be like, there they are, you know. Yeah. So. You know, and I'm, I'm glad that the, the Lord put that in there in the book of Revelation, because there's all kinds of people all over the world promoting themselves as something great. But when the two witnesses come, it's going to be unmistakable. They're going to be smiting the uh, uh, earth with plagues. And then anyone that tries to kill them, it says fire is going to come out of their mouths and destroy, you know, those that try to kill them. So these are going to be really supernatural guys doing supernatural things that the whole world is going to see, because the whole world is, by the end, are those that don't believe in, in Messiah are going to be so sick of them. They're going to be giving gifts. They're going to be so happy they're gone because they're going to yeah. be born on their side. Yeah, that was the other thing I was going to say that was that, yeah, I can see why they gave give each other gifts after these two characters are gone, you know what I'm saying. Um, I mean, doing all those things to them. But, uh, and the reassurance, you know, that part of the reason I always thought it was great that, you know, it was being in the first half, so to speak, uh, of the tribulation is the fact that they they ascend, you know, they're resurrected and ascend, and that would give great hope to, you know, the body of Messiah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, I agree, I agree, so, and, you know, gives it, it gives us something to look forward to, you know, when, when everyone else will be resurrected, so, um, you know, but, 
But then, you know, once again, if people want to debate and say, oh, I think it's the first half of the tribulation, I think it's the second half of the tribulation, this is one area where I think we have to say, okay, we can, we can disagree, we can discuss, we can debate this, and, and, but let's not get angry at one another if we have different positions, because, and with end times, so many people have, see things differently, and no one sees every little detail exactly the same way. But we need to, as brothers and sisters in Christ, say that's okay. We can debate these things. We can, we should discuss these things because these days are getting closer. So let's discuss, let's debate, but in a spirit of love. Yeah, absolutely. And let me say this. We only got a couple minutes before break. So, but I want to say this. You know, I don't know if any of you folks um, were paying attention to the Ashbury revival, but you know, I have a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of followers on Facebook because of people that listen to radio programs, not because I personally know them. But I ended up, I have what you call mainstream Christians on there, and I have a lot of Messianic people on there. But there was such, I mean, you know, you can debate whether something's real or not, or you can even debate about Yeshua's name or Jesus Christ's name or something. But, boy, when when they start, people started talking about the Ashbury Revival, there was some really hate hateful debates that came out and things I couldn't believe that was said about other people in the body of Messiah when, hey, none of us are perfect and none of us got it 100% right. It would just about made me ill um, to what I was watching. In fact, I had uh, last week, folks, if you want to know about the Asbury Revival, you can go listen to last week's program. My Pastor Carl Giles, I had him come on with me and talk about it. And mind you, this the, the sermon that started it all, um, the guy was the coach at that college, and he did the he did a thirty minute sermon. And as he walked off the stage and was leaving, to uh, you know just leaving, uh, he texted his wife, and the text he gave to his wife was that it was another stinker of a sermon that it didn't go over at all. Okay, moving right along. Tell them where they can find you. We'll go to break. Come back, and I'm looking forward to what you say to us in the second half. Yeah, if you want to find uh, the, the information we're talking about today, my new book entitled End Times is available on Amazon.com. So just go to Amazon and type in End Times Michael Snyder or go to any of my websites and, and click on the uh, the big uh, big banners that show the book, and it'll take you right there. It's available in paperback and Kindle format. And then my previous book, which I'll also be referencing today, entitled Seven Year Apocalypse, you can also find that on Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle format. All right, folks. Well, we'll be back in just a sh- short period of time. Stay with us. Pastor Dan will be right back. In this time of the social and spiritual breakdown of America and the world, in these prophetic end times, God is calling multitudes of Christians to the Ozarks and other safe havens around the world to survive so they can spread the gospel. The Ark Haven Intentional Neighbors Vision is to prepare Christians physically, mentally, and spiritually for these end times. Thousands are coming to the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas and Missouri, where even the CIA says it's one of the safest places on earth. The Intentional Neighbors concept allows Christian neighbors to own adjacent land to each other so they can aid and help each other. The community is exploding with nurses, a doctor, and other professionals as well as many others. If you cannot afford to buy a house, you can rent a house. Call 479-502-1789. That's 479-502-1789. Or visit arkhaven.org. That's arkhaven.org. Tell the Pastor Dan sent you. Whether you are pre-trib, mid-trib, or pre-wrath, or post-trib, whatever your position is, this book will help you to find the truth. If you're really looking for the truth about the rapture, I honestly believe you will find it in this book. It'll settle in your spirit because the truth is the Holy Spirit knows the truth about the rapture. And one of the reasons that the people other than post-trib can't seem to find peace about this is because the Holy Spirit is trying to tell them that they don't have the truth. That is, until they find post-trib. But either way, this is going to help you to find the peace about the rapture. I really recommend you get it. 
we offer them in shrink wrap sets of 10. One for 20, 10 for 30, and 20 for 50 at prophecyclub.com. One for 20, but don't do that. 10 for 30, 20 for 50, give you extras to give to your friends. Because once you read this one, you're going to be handing this to your pastors, to all of your Christian friends, and just ask them to read it. If they get through the first chapter, they're going to read the whole book, and they're going to love it. And it's going to help them to really find the truth about the rapture. How Pre-Trib 1 at prophecyclub.com. This is Pastor Dan Catlin. You're listening to the Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour on the American Voice Radio Network. Folks, I want you to please, please pray about supporting Wichita Mission Church. All donations, no matter what size, helps. And the Father notices all donations that come from where? Your heart, of course. If you don't wish to help us before, consider a donation for radio airtime. Airtime's not free. And your donations keep us on the air. And I know you must like the programs because you keep coming back and listening. You can donate online by cash app, by mailing a check or money, or, or call or give a donation over the phone. You can find all that information at the normal place, prophecyhour.com. That's prophecyhour.com. So pray about it. And make sure you go check out Michael Snyder's stuff over at The Most Important News. Anyway, are you still with me, Michael? I'm here, Pastor Dan. All right. Well, I'm anxious to hear what else you wanted to talk about. You had something else for us, so I'm awaiting. Yeah, I, I do, because, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, what what can we look for, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the, the fulfillment of the things in the book of Revelation and, and all these things with Bible prophecy? And, and a lot of Bible prophecy teachers out there talk about uh, a lot of different things. But one thing that uh, yeah, that, that, that uh they're not really looking for is one of the most important things, and, and I want to I want to address that today. Now, I want to take people to, and if they have their Bibles at home, I'd encourage people to open up their Bible to one of the most famous prophetic verses in the entire Scripture. It's Daniel nine twenty seven, and uh, you know most of you are already familiar with it. Daniel nine twenty seven, and the King James says, "And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week," and then it goes on and on and on, and so. You know, for so long, you know, people have debated, well, who is that he there? You know, is it uh, the Antichrist? Is it Jesus? Is it someone else? And, and whatever. And, and he is mentioned uh, several times in that verse. But what I want people to understand is that whenever you see that word he in Daniel 9.27, every single time it happens, just throw it out because it's not in the original language. And when you look back at the original language, that Daniel 9.27 actually means something much different than most people think that it does, and it actually points to a very important end-time sign that we should be watching for, and, and that we, when it happens, we'll understand it and see it very, very clearly. So uh, let me go over this kind of one step at a time. And so keep your Bibles open. If you're uh, sitting there at home, keep your Bible open. Because Daniel 9.27, if you go to the original Hebrew, it's made up of five words. Okay, the very first word is the Hebrew word gaver, gaver, and it's Strong's H1396, and what it means is to prevail, have strength, be strong, be powerful, be mighty, or be great, or in this context it's translated as uh, uh, to confirm or to strengthen. Of course, you only confirm or strengthen something that already exists. But that's the first Hebrew word that's there. So the second Hebrew word is beris, beris. And it means uh, uh, covenant or the covenant. And it's actually used earlier in the same chapter. If you go up to Daniel chapter 9, verse 4, it, it's, uh, it's once again used there. Uh, uh, and it's, uh, that, that word is, Hebrew word is used to refer to God's covenant with Israel. So, but of course, most Bible prophecy teachers, they, they get down to Daniel 9.27, and 
and they want to make it mean something completely different. They want to make it mean a, a, a peace treaty, you know, that the Antichrist makes with someone. But uh, it, in Daniel 9, chapter 4, it, it's referring to God's covenant with Israel, Beris, that's the Hebrew word. And that exact same Hebrew word is once again used in Daniel 9, 27, and I believe it's referring to God's covenant with Israel. Okay, then we've got three more words. We've got the, the third word that's used there, the Hebrew word rav, and that means uh, many or with many. Then the next word is echad. If you're in a Messianic or Hebrew words, you know that means one. And then we we've finally, the fifth Hebrew word in that clause is shavua, shavua, which means weak. And so it, let's put it all together for a second. So if you want to put that all together into uh, into a, uh, a tr- how it would be accurately translated out of the original five Hebrew words that are there in English, it would go uh, basically it would go something like this: the covenant will be confirmed or strengthened with many for one week, um, and uh, so. You know, that's far different from this peace treaty that everyone's looking for. But basically, uh, you know, I, what I believe this phrase there in Daniel 9, 27 is referring to is a, a God's covenant with his people will be confirmed or strengthened for one week, for the, for the seven-year period. Now, how, what would that look like? Okay, what would that look like? Well, I want people out there to think for a moment. What, throughout... Israel's history, what was the physical representation of God's covenant on earth? What was the what what what, what was that? What was that? And you know, and people might think the temple or the tabernacle, but what did the temple house? What did the what did the tabernacle contain? What did the temple contain? And of course the answer is in the Holy of Holies was the Ark of the Covenant that contained the tablets of the covenant that, that God inscribed the commandments on with the finger of God, and but then it then got lost, right? The Ark of the Covenant got lost. for It kind of disappeared from history. It got lost for, uh, you know, more than 2,000 years. And, uh, you know, pe- pe- and, and then people didn't know where it was. But I believe that in these last days, the Ark of the Covenant will be, not only be found, but will be publicly revealed. Because... It, it, Basically, we already know where it is. You know, uh, Ron, yeah. Ron Wyatt found it, and and the, the authorities in Israel they know where it is, Pastor Dan. They know it's in the in the cave where Jeremiah hid it when he was hiding it from the Babylonians. It's been under there all this time. Ron Wyatt went 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 there down into that cave, found it, um, but it hasn't been publicly revealed yet. But I believe that uh, the, the confirming of God's covenant, that it really exists, that it's still there, will be the, the public revelation of the Ark of the Covenant, uh, and that will confirm and strengthen and, and show the entire world that God's covenant is still there, still exists, the Ark of the Covenant is still real, and it will be the greatest archaeological announcement in all of human history, and I believe that it's coming. I believe that it's one of the most important end times uh, 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 signs to watch for, that it will start this Daniel 70th week. And uh, I believe, personally, that it will happen uh, on or around the time of an important uh, biblical calendar date. Now, one of the reasons why I wanted to mention this today is because this is one of the things that we will want to watch for whenever we get to that time on the calendar when there's going to be a festival date. Now, later in March, toward the end of March, we've got the very first day of the biblical year, the first day of the first month. You know, most people are accustomed to thinking, well, the new year, that's Rosh Hashanah, that's the first day of the seventh month. And that's what, you know, the Jewish people started doing during the Babylonian captivity. They adopted the Babylonian New Year, which is around that time of the year. But in the scriptures, in the Torah, it only tells us there's one beginning of the year, and that's on the first day of the first month, which shall be the beginning of the year for you. In the Torah, we're specifically told this month, which is Nisan, the first, you know, actually the month of Aviv, you know, in the original language, it is the first day of the first month, that's, that shall be the beginning of the year for you. And that's what it says in the Torah. So we're coming up to that time at the end of March, and then about two weeks later, 
at the beginning of April, you know, on our calendar, we, we've got Passover. So as we get to the beginning of the year and Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, this is one of the times of the year we want to be on high alert. For, is God going to do something big? Is he going to do something special? So we want to have our eyes on the land of Israel. And, you know, and we want to, you know, have our eyes on, you know, the prophetic signs in the Bible. And one of the things, I believe, one of these years, on or around one of these important biblical dates, we're going to have the public revelation of the Ark of the Covenant. And that will be a very important threshold to cross over, knowing that we have entered a very important time. So I want people to think about that, realize that, and and take a look at Daniel 9, and particular Daniel 9.27, in a whole new light because I believe that it says something quite different than the vast majority of other Bible prophecy teachers are teaching out there, Pastor Dan. Okay. I got, yeah, you really got me going now. Uh, that got me. And But let me say a couple of things about the ark. Number one, I absolutely, absolutely am convinced they know where the ark is at. And, yes, I believe Ron Wyatt. I met him in person. And when he explained, I have one question him. I was kind of skeptical about he had all the things that I said, well, I want to know one thing. I said, when you spotted the Ark of the Covenant, when you saw it, you realized what it was, what, you know, what was next? What did you feel? And he said, well, I passed out. And, you know, and while he was suffering from a cold and everything, it was a pass out from shock. Um, but so I know him and Richard Reed, you know, so then I didn't get to know him well, but I knew Richard Reeves. I know Richard Reeves pretty well, and I listened to the story a lot. Um, the second thing about the Ark of the Covenant is that, so it's, it was embedded in my in my story, so to speak, um, because I worked with uh, the Prophecy Club that helped promote it. Um, I was always looking for something for it over the years, but so there's been many different um, at least a handful of rabbis over the years that I've caught with people have talked to that have made gestures that they knew where it was at or they even looked towards the direction it was at when they were talking to people about it. And there's just been so many telltale signs. Is, yeah, I honestly believe they know where it's at, and it won't be brought out. I don't believe it will be allowed by the Father to be brought out until that time. Ron said specifically, now we had, you know, and mind you, another thing that he helped rediscover because it's always been there was the real Mount Sinai. Well, right now that's out, and people were able to go there and take a tour and visit it and go to the real Mount Sinai. Ron said these things will come out, and people get to see them as a witness around the time of the Antichrist. And so, what you say now? You're giving me Daniel 27 in doing this to me. Um, that just blows me away, Michael. Uh, that's that's really heavy-duty information, and I'm so glad you shared it back with you. Yeah, yeah, and, and one of the reasons why, you know, I, I feel like it's so important for under, to understand, because this is one of the signs that I believe that no one will be able to, to deny. It'll make headlines all over the world. It'll be one of the biggest, really, uh, events that, that we've ever seen. It'll be undeniable. Now, there's a lot of other, you know, signs in terms of, you know, uh, uh, that are coming that, that people debate about. For example, the riding of the white horse. I think there's a lot of debate about that and a lot of mystery about that. And we may not necessarily know that that's happened or there, or there may be a lot of debate. What does that really mean? And people may think one thing or another and, and many other things which people may debate. But in terms of the Ark of the Covenant, that, that's going to be undeniable and, and it's going to be something that the whole world is in an uproar about. So, um, that's that's something that I'm watching for, and uh, and like I said, I personally believe that will happen around around the time of, of one of the these because God tends to do the biggest things on his, according to His calendar and according to His appointed times, and so we're moving toward that time of the year. By the time we do the next program, Pastor Dan, uh, uh, the fir- first day, of the first month will already be behind us, and we'll be you know right on the on the brink of Passover there. So. We're moving into that time of the year again when it's a, it's a wonderful time for people to, to draw near to the Lord because it's a time that God has put on his calendar saying, I want to meet with you. I want to get close to you. And so it's a great opportunity for us if we want to be close to the Lord because and during the times we're moving into, it's going to be the worst times in all human history that we're moving into. 
and we're going to need to be closer to the Lord than ever. But it'll, it'll be the worst of times, but it'll also be the best of times, because I believe we're going to see the greatest move of God in all of human history. And so if we see uh, sparks of revival starting to happen around the world, we should celebrate, because we want to see that. And, of course, people aren't perfect, and, and not, you know, and uh, you know, no move of God is perfect. But, but we, we should be hopeful, and we should be excited when, when we're starting to see God move, when we see people get saved and get baptized, because we want God to move. We want God to work. And, and ultimately, well, the prophetic voices have seen is that the times we're moving into, we will see the greatest move of God in all of human history. Has that begun? Is that starting? And there's lots of debate about that. That's fine. But ultimately... By the end of this thing, we are going to see the greatest move of God in all of human history, yeah. and we're going to see the the uh, remnant of the last days described in the book of Revelation, Revelation twelve seventeen, Revelation fourteen twelve, that keeps the commandments of God and that has the testimony of Yeshua, and it's, that remnant is going to be in the last days because the Bible tells us it's going to be in the last days. It's right there in black and white in the book of Revelation, Pastor Dan. Right, and let me—I I got a little more to add to all this. Um, number one. Um, the Ark of the Covenant, um, I believe that's, that's when you, we say Ark of the Covenant, Ten Commandments, you know, that's part, to me, that's all part of the Passover story, right? You know, um, so it would be, make sense for it to be revealed around a Passover time. But, you know, um, there's a couple of things else about it is that would that, People debate back and forth about another temple being built, and I know the Word talks about Yeshua building a temple after he returns, but let's go with this. If they bring out the Ark of the Covenant, they're going to have to put it someplace. And number two, um, Ark of the Covenant, wouldn't that kind of infuriate a, a person or thing called the Antichrist? That's just food for thought. Back to you. I think you you make a really great point there, uh, Pastor Dan, particularly with they're going to need somewhere to put it. And that, that was the whole purpose of the, of the temple and the tabernacle, you know, originally in Israel's history. So if the Ark of the Covenant is, is uh, uh, publicly revealed, the movement for a new temple will just go into overdrive, you know. Uh, Jewish people all over the world and Christians too. They'll be like, "Hey, we've got to do this because we we can't just you know put uh, put the Ark of the Covenant in a strip mall somewhere. You know, it can't, it can't just, you know, you know, uh, yeah. we've got to we've got to put this somewhere special. You know, we need a place for it. So yeah, so that would that would that would put that movement into overdrive. And of course, yeah. then you get in the Islamic world and Israel's enemies. They'd be like, they they would be very very upset and, 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 and angry, and, and, you know, that would cause all t- types of emotions among them as well. So, I mean, it really would be a monumental event in human history. I believe it's going to happen. And, Pastor Dan, another great point you made, wouldn't it be so appropriate because, you know, for it to happen at, at Passover time? I think it would be so appropriate. That doesn't mean that it's going to happen this year or next year or any particular year. doesn't mean it can or can't happen, you know, but... Whenever the festival times come, we're going to be alert uh, for not only that, but for whatever God wants to do, because it's ultimately God's plan. It's on his timetable, and we don't have everything figured out. We're just trying to do our best to put the pieces together, but God has a plan, and we trust in him. And as that plan unfolds, we're going to be so excited to see it happen. Yeah, amen. And about Passover, of course, Passover, I mean, I love all the feasts, but I, I really, you know, I have more in if you could save one more than another, I like Passover than the others because what the realization that it did for me when I, I first partook of a, of a Passover meal, um, it, it, it just, boom, all of a sudden I understood what Yeshua did and, and how he did it and what was going on. And I think that's important, really super important for, important for any believer. You should go to a Passover cedar. And, and then figure it out for yourself afterwards because it will really just open your eyes. It's just like, wow, okay, this is what it means. And, you know, and you can't do that by watching it on a film or anything else. You've got to be a partaker in it. Back to you. And we got a good five minutes. Yeah, and, and one of the great things about Passover, Pastor Dan, is it's actually one of the greatest prophecies in the entire Bible because our father had all of his people gather once a year 
for, for more than a thousand years in advance, every single year for more than a thousand years in advance, God had his people gather. He said, all of you got to come. All of you got to gather in the exact place where Yeshua would be crucified and, and rise again. He said, every year you're going to come and gather for more than a thousand years in the exact place where it will happen. On the exact day when it will happen, you know, the exact day, the exact city, Jerusalem, he said, y'all got to come on the exact day for a thousand years in advance, and you all are going to perform rituals which, which uh, uh, specifically foreshadow all the elements of the death, burial, resurrection of my son. You know, so this, this dress rehearsal didn't just happen one time, but more than a thousand times, for more than a thousand years in advance, every single year, God had this play out on the exact day, in the exact city where it would happen, and so then it finally happened, and so all, all the Jewish people are there, they're all gathered, they're all ready, you know, and, uh, you know, and the Passover lambs are being led in, and, and, you know, Jesus makes his triumphal entry, and then you go through the, all the elements of the Passover lamb. And, and, and people put out studies, you know, very, very intense studies examining every little detail of it. But it was all, all of it, Passover was a giant prophecy about the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, his death on the cross for our sins, which gives us eternal life. And it's what Passover is all about. Yeah. But then... You know, the Christian church decided, well, we don't want to do that. We want to celebrate our own thing, and we want to name it after Ishtar, which is what Easter is, you know, all of her various names. You know, and we want to have the, 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 the Ishtar eggs, which are, you know, a color dipped in blood originally. And, you know, so they, they, it got lost, and growing up, I didn't understand all this stuff about Passover. I had to learn it later in life. But I'm so glad I did because it's all about my Lord and Savior. It's all about what he did for me. And so if you are a believer, you should love Passover uh, because it's, it's, it's what it's all about, and it's such a beautiful picture. Yeah, amen. It is such a great picture. Um, and, you know, we we got past uh, I, I just can't explain it to you, folks. You really, really got to partake of it. And I'm sure there's somebody doing it somewhere in your area, uh, you know, Look for it. Start looking now. Get ready for it. It's 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 with it leaves me without words because it's so explanatory. And if not, you can. There are places on the internet where you can find. You can do it yourself. You can even go along with it and do it and try and figure it out. But it is a great thing, and we're called to do it. It's an eternal thing to do it, and we're supposed to do it with joy and. It's just wonderful. Yeah, I just I love it, Michael. I just can't say any more about it. Back to you. We got you got about three minutes before we're done. Yeah, and the thing about Passover, all the other festivals, all the other prophecies in the Bible, that's how God shows us that He's the real God. He is yeah. the one true God who created all things, and there is no other. You know, and He told us the end from the beginning, as the Book of Isaiah says, and that's with Passover, all these other things. He put his stamp on it. He said, look, I'm telling you guys what everything that's going to happen in advance. And then it did happen with the death and resurrection of Yeshua. And if you invite the Lord Jesus Christ in your life to be your Lord and Savior, all your sins will be forgiven, washed away by the blood of Jesus. You'll be born again, and you'll live forever and ever with him in, uh, uh, in eternity. You know, and then the, 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 all the prophecies about looking ahead in the future and where we're headed next. We, God told us all about that in advance, too. And you know, it's all in the scriptures. And, and it's, if, if you want to learn more about what I've been explaining to that, I would encourage you, I would encourage everyone uh, to go and go to Amazon and, and get the new book entitled End Times. Go to Amazon, type in End Times. Michael Snyder will take you right there. Get the book. Share them with your friends, your family, so people can understand what's coming, what, the, what are the signs we're watching for, what's coming next, how, why can we have hope in the days that are coming, because it's going to be a great time for the people of God, and, 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 and it also helps support the work that we're doing, that I'm doing. So I'd encourage you, get the books, uh, share them with your family and your friends, because it's a tremendous blessing to me, and then you also help to share in the, the work that I'm doing and trying to spread this message to the whole world. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that book, The End Times, is, is it's got a lot of great things in it. And in the coming months, folks, we're still, we're going to be sharing other things out of it. But all about the two witnesses is in there. And the the previous book uh, that you you had, the Lost Prophecies of the, of the was the Future of America. That is a really great book too. Um, so all of them are. It puts things together. Um, so they're all still available, right? Oh, yeah, all seven books are uh, on Amazon, and some of the books are on some other websites, too. But, uh, you know, I would encourage people to, to get the books. And then and then they're also great witnessing tools because they're designed to be evangelistic. So people read through it and be like, oh, the Bible described what's happening today. God is, has told us about all this. He's the one true God. And then at the end, the longest chapter is actually a chapter that leads people to a, 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 to make a decision uh, to invite uh, Yeshua to be their Lord and Savior. And so if you want to have a, a witnessing tool that you can give to family and friends, give them these books because uh, they're going to wake people up. Okay. Well, Michael, i got to let you go. Um, we'll talk again. I really appreciate you being on with me, and you be blessed, my brother. Thank you, Pastor Dan. You be blessed as well. All right. Goodbye and shalom. Well, folks, uh Pray about supporting Wichita Mission Church. We do really need your helpers. Pray about supporting this work right here. There's a lot that goes into this, and so pray about it. You can donate online by Cash App. That's a new modern thing everybody seems to be getting. Mail a check or money order. Call, give a donation over the phone. You can find all that information where? ProphecyHour.com. And if you can't find it for some reason, simply text me at 316-619-4886. I'll let you know what you need to do. And, folks, uh, PayPal is still safe for us. You can do uh, donate online. That's a really quick way of getting money to us, and I really haven't had any problems with that at all. Um, so pray about supporting what we do. Any size of a donation will help. But in the end of things, in the end of things, you must remember this. There is really, really only one true God. It's Yahweh. He is your father. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave his life for repented sins. You must be repent. That's what they said. What should we do to be saved? We repent. Repent every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Yeshua Messiah. That's what Peter told him. He rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, and through him, and only through him, is the way of the Father. Remember, always, always, always be a blessing to others. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's praying for Yeshua's return. Lord our God, our King Universe, Father, please, I ask in Yeshua HaMashiach's name, that, Father, you would please, please, please bless and keep them, and that your face would shine upon them. And, Father, please be gracious to them and give them peace like no one or nothing else can. Well, until next Thursday, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. You all be blessed. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time from Messiah's Branch.